0: Well, hello and welcome to Afternoon Ask Anything from the new luxurious DK Sports Radio uh, studios. If you haven't done this already, I hope you check out the Daily Shot podcasts that I put out uh, every morning. There's three of them that are brand new every morning, and I know that sounds like a lot, except that I keep them pretty short. They're no more than 16, 17 minutes, one each on Steelers, Penguins, and Pirates. They're doing really, really well for us. Uh, which is cool. That's not something that I think any of us saw coming. Uh, here's how this works. Drop a question. Facebook, YouTube, just put it in comments. Twitter, make sure you hit the little Periscope logo and put it there. By responding just to the tweet, it doesn't work. You have to go into Periscope. Uh, let's see what we can do here in terms of getting started. boy, here's a good one. Billy Harris asks, why doesn't Mark Madden pronounce your name correctly? Well, as Denny, who you just saw say hi to me on here, can attest, when I was playing uh, deck hockey for a zillion years, everyone just called me Dejan. Okay, so that becomes more like a nickname. They knew how to pronounce my name correctly, but they didn't. So since Mark knew me from deck hockey, he's one of those people, like Denny, who has the license to say whatever it is that they want about my name? Because one learns never to fight a nickname, right? Am I right? Denny has an actual question too. Is there, are there pluses and minuses given out when a penalty shot is scored? No. There's also not even a goal. Uh, you you don't you don't get credit for anything. Well, actually, wait. No, I take that back. You absolutely get a goal for a penalty shot. I haven't had much of the coffee yet. Um, you don't get pluses and minuses. The same thing applies, Denny, to shootouts and everything else here. It just does not count uh, for the stats. Jesus says, Saludos. Am I saying it right? Am I saying it right? Saludos. I think that sounds right. Harley says, um, how do you say your name? Harley, It's the the full name is Dejan Kovacevic. Dejan uh, The J is pronounced like a Y in Serbian. Neat thing about the Serbian language, every letter has one sound forever. Never changes. No combination of letters, no nothing. They stop teaching spelling to Serbian children in the first grade because it's that easy. Scotty says I'm looking fresh. I have no idea what that means other than the fact that he really appreciates my Vapors tour shirt from Dublin, Ireland a couple years ago. Oh, Hank Spicer says, why can't people separate Ben Charrington and the previous regime? Bob Nutting's malaise aside, this guy wants to win. The process has to start somewhere, DK. Um, I'm not going to get into, you know, the whole memes and narratives and everything else that surround the pirates right now. You can't even say the word pirates without getting some kind of snotty remark back from somebody. The fact of the matter is, is that Ben Charrington, since he's come in 14 months ago, has taken exactly the correct approach. That doesn't mean he'll succeed. That doesn't mean I'm optimistic. That just means that he's doing it the right way. He and his staff and his entire organization still need to execute. That means they've got to draft well. They've got to develop well. They've got to sign players out of Latin America well. They've got to explore other parts of the world well. And then ultimately, once they get to Pittsburgh, Derek Shelton has to manage the team well. These are not small steps. But the fact that he's doing it, meaning Charrington, by bringing in into this organization a smart way of doing things by bringing in high-end talent as opposed to the way Neil Huntington was trading Garrett Cole for three kind of triple-A guys and making sure that he saved face. Ugh. Don't get me started on that stuff. Will asks who will win the next championship in Pittsburgh, the Penguins, the Steelers, or the Pirates? Uh, dead air. <laughs> I mean, look. I guess the easy answer here is to point to the Penguins because you still have your superstars in the fold because they still have another crack at it. Heck, they have a crack at it this summer. I I know that's not a popular sentiment. But if you look realistically at the tournament and you say that they can get out of the East Division Can we agree on that? Not that they will, not making a prediction here, but that they can get out of the East Division. They're eight and four combined against the two teams ahead of them in the standings right now, Capitals and Islanders. They're going to make the playoffs. They can get out of the East Division. From there, you're talking about four teams, four left in the tournament. And you've got some reseeding, and you're going to need a couple of upsets. But upsets happen, you know. uh, Upsets have happened through, if it isn't every single one of the Penguins' five championships, where they've had to, they've had at least one round where it felt like they got lucky to get through it. That's how these things go. So I'd be crazy to not say, uh, the, the Penguins. Tim says, make the uh, DK make the argument that the Steelers are a playoff team. I mean, sure, okay. I mean, <laughs> you know, they were just in them. Uh, I'd feel a whole lot better, Tim, being candid here with you if they had kept that defense together because that defense was their ticket to get to the playoffs. Um, Making the playoffs isn't the goal, as I hear relentlessly from Mike Tomlin's critics, and they're right, and they're right. But you're talking just about making the playoffs. I think you have a defense that still has its top playmakers minus Bud. You do have important holes to fill. I don't believe that those holes will be filled at the same caliber as they were in 2020, but that doesn't mean your defense is going to fall apart. Offensively, you've still got the quarterback. You're going to have a running back. They're going to draft a running back. They're going to do that. You still have the same four wide receivers. You still have the same starting tight end. What you've got here that's the real variable in the mix and only – People that really follow football closely will even appreciate this, is that the offensive line, while it has talent and maybe has a little more hunger than the 2020 group did, it's got a lot of work to do to, to put together uh, the, the kind of chemistry that's needed for an offensive line to be successful. Kevin Kramer asks, "I think the penguin's speed game contributes to having more injuries than other teams that don't play as fast. Could this contribute to some of the injury totals?" No, Kevin. They've just gotten unlucky. Everyone's always looking for patterns with this stuff. They just get unlucky. I mean, that's all it is. There's really nothing else to it. There are some players, individual players in all sports that are more durable than others. That's that's a fact of life. There aren't always patterns for these things, uh, meaning the, the individual players. But I look at a guy specifically like Alexander Ovechkin, and I say, I don't have to wonder why he never gets hurt. If you look at him, he's built like a tank. He's got reinforcements all over him that keep him from getting banged up. Also, he keeps himself, to his own credit, in extraordinary shape. That's also part of it. Uh, you can fire athletic trainers and strength and conditioning coaches into oblivion, and it's not going to matter if you just have bad luck. The Penguins have bad luck. Matt asks, when do you think NHL, NFL, and Major League Baseball stadiums will be at 100% capacity, respectively? Well, for the Texas Rangers, it'll be in about a week and a half. It's insane, but that's what they're doing in Arlington. Uh, They're opening up just like there's nothing going on, which is – Unbelievable, but if you mean all of them, if you're talking about complete normalcy, I'd be looking at, uh, I'd be looking at this fall. Not meaning normalcy, normalcy. Uh, as far as capacity, I mean, look, once we get to seventy percent vaccination rate um, through the country, and there's no guideline anywhere that says that, you know. That's just herd immunity. That's just you're ready to go. Uh, you'll still have other variables like people coming from out of country and, and things like that because the U.S. is way ahead in the vaccination process. By the way, you see me moving my left arm like this and it looks like I'm really struggling. I got my first shot yesterday. Uh, I felt no other symptoms. Uh, obviously, you should go and get one to say the least. But you'll feel it. This was the This was the Moderna vaccine. Ed asks, with Cappy out for the Penguins, how many top six forwards can they afford to lose and still be in the hunt for playoffs? I mean, I'd say they're pretty much done, Ed. I mean, they need to stop losing players to injury. I I don't know of the severity of, of Kapanen's injury. The whole play looked so innocent. It was a clear coming around the boards that seemed to strike him either in the foot or the knee. He did take another shift, tried to skate on it, and then went back off, uh, similar to what happened with Malkin. So I guess we'll see. But, you know, at some point, Ron Hextall needs to get involved in this process. Where's some Pirates ones? Do we have any here? Here's one, finally. Paul asks, who gets traded first, Kevin Newman or Adam Frazier? When a trade happens or an injury happened for a middle infielder, does Cole Tucker get called up first? Everybody loves Cole Tucker. Cole Tucker is a lovable individual. He's one of the nicest, most outgoing, gregarious, genuine people you will ever encounter. But Cole Tucker hasn't hit. And we have prematurely turned him into a hero in this town. We love Cole Tucker. But Cole Tucker can't hit 200 in the majors and contribute to your ball club. So... The Pirates don't feel and shouldn't feel any great urgency to have Cole Tucker on the big league roster. Yes, I, I'm, I'm a proponent myself of the fact that I'd rather have Tucker in the majors if, if everything else was equal because I don't know how much he can gain from hitting AAA pitching. Not that he's been great at that either, but he's got to be able to hit in the majors either now or really, really soon. Because his defense, while it's good, isn't at some astronomical level where you'd say, wow, we just have to keep this guy on the roster for his glove. Besides, that doesn't really happen much in baseball anymore. To answer your actual question, who gets traded first, Newman or Frazier? Frazier's older. Uh, Frazier, my goodness, if he isn't raising his trade stock this spring, uh, I can't imagine who is anywhere in the Grapefruit or the Cactus Leagues. Uh, He is absolutely... Murdering the ball, a batting average close to 600, with power, all kinds of doubles, triples, home runs in each of his last two games. Uh, people around baseball, pay attention. You know, come and get this guy. Jordan Kaufman asks what I think of these insane 40 times at Penn State and the Steelers' interest in Micah Parsons. Real, I have no idea. I'm sorry, I don't. Uh, Jared Prugar covers Penn State for us, and I have to relegate at least some brain space in my head for other things in life, uh, so I leave the Nittany lines to Jared. He does a really, really good job with that. I hope you can check out his coverage on, on DK Pittsburgh Sports. Uh, but I was able to see – you just wrote Parsons, and I did know who Micah Parsons was. So Mike asks, where do you think the Penguins will finish in the Mass Mutual Division –
1: Ew, you
0: used that mass mutual? Why? Um, uh, where do you think the Penguins will finish in the East? Pre playoffs, I'm not sure what you mean by pre playoffs. Where do I think they'll finish? I think third sounds about right. Um, the Islanders have kind of made a little bit of a bounce back since the Anders Lee injury. Um, the Capitals don't seem like they're going away. I know there's a lot of people who expect that they'll go away, but they. Just keep competing. I remember the, the the thought. Whenever Tom Wilson was suspended for his seven games, was well here it comes. They're gonna. I think they won every game in that, didn't they? Um, they just happen to be a good hockey team, and and they're not they're not ready to fade. Let's see what else we got here. Mike asks, "Hey, DK, what's your take on?" Tim Peel and the NHL refs managing games versus calling it how they see it. Mike, it's been going on forever. It's not a Tim Peel issue. Uh, I'm really, really put off by the fact that the, and I do believe that it's a fact that the league immediately began scapegoating Peel uh, up to and including some of their surrogates on uh, on NBC last night through all three broadcasts that they had on that network. Uh, all of the various analysts coming in and saying, you know, Tim Peel this, Tim Peel that, give me a break. You know, a lot of these people played in the league. You know, actually most of them played in the league. They know it wasn't one ref. They've been managing games forever and ever and ever. It's a cultural thing more than anything else that goes back to the days when it was one ref. And that ref, like a Kerry Fraser or Don Hogarth, would take to the rink thinking, This is my game. I'm here to manage this. I feel the flow and the pace. And I'm going to, uh, how did Fraser put it in some interview that he did just yesterday? Uh, turn the temperature down. I'm going to call like a little ticky tack penalty just to turn the temperature down a little bit. Look, call the rule book. Call the rule book. There's nothing else to it. If one team commits all seven penalties in a game, then one team should have all seven power plays in the game. Game six, Penguins versus Nashville. And yes, I know you can make the counter argument that that game, that the Predators had a goal waved off that maybe shouldn't have been waved off. So the referees decided to spend the entire rest of the game giving power plays to the Predators. Nonetheless, all five went to Nashville. Why? The Penguins actually committed all five, arguably, infractions John asks what does upper management see in Evan Rodriguez in the first in the room that's a that's an in-house show that the penguins do Jim Rutherford and Mike Sullivan thought he would come in here and score a lot of goals i i mean i didn't see that episode but i doubt very seriously that they said that he would score a lot of goals they see that he has some punch to him. I know how they feel about him. It's not a lot of goals. Uh, he, he does have some offensive abilities. Uh You saw that last night. That was a pretty nice finish on the two-on-one with Sam Lafferty. A better pass by Lafferty, I should add. Uh, but he, he's got some talent. He's got some instinct. He's also got some uh cockiness to him. So when he's on the 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 top two lines which you, you don't want nobody wants it on a regular basis but when he's up there he doesn't act overwhelmed he doesn't act like he doesn't belong and that can usually be a that can often be a big 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 problem. Tim asks who is the starting five rotation in the key back end of the bullpen to start the year Tim wants me to read off the roster here it doesn't sound like Tim's been paying too much attention to the club in the spring training uh, it's not a starting five it's going to be a starting six they're gonna go with a six man. You're coming off a year like no other. Uh, It's going to be, oh, there's that word again, unprecedented. Um, How managers handle pitching staff and inning counts, being that absolutely nobody, nobody at any level of baseball anywhere in the world pitched to their usual innings last year. How does that affect your arm? How do you have to protect against uh, injury? The Pirates are starting out. With six, uh, that'll be Mitch Keller, JT Brubaker, Chad Cool. I was gonna say Brawl. Stephen Brawl's gonna be on the shelf for about a month or so with a with a lat issue. Uh, help me out here. Put me on the spot with with lists. Those are tough to do in a live setting. Uh, here, somebody also list these for me because I'm gonna blank out and I'll get back to it. Lists are tough, man, never do lists live. Do you remember the oops thing in the in the one debate, the presidential debate, where they asked one of the, they asked one of the, uh, the candidates to list three things and he starts with three and he never, ever do that. They teach you that, never do anything with live. And he says one, two, and then he gets to the third and he just says, oops, because Could, he couldn't remember it. All right, Gary jumps in here. Tyler Anderson, yes. Will Crow no. I, I don't believe he'll be one of them. Miguel Yahure definitely will not be one of them. Trevor Cahill is one, says An- uh, Anthony. He jumps in as well. Uh, these are a couple of the older guys that they brought in, Anderson and Cahill, to kind of round out the rotation and make sure that they could cover all of the innings. I do think though, that you'll see uh, you'll see Yahure up and Crow up at some point. Ben Charrington has openly admitted they're going to use as many as 10 or 11 starters this year, not just on an emergency level, that that's just the way they want to keep it going. I didn't even mention Cody Ponce, who had a couple of good starts for the Pirates in 2020. And yes, Hank Spicer points out that was Rick Perry, uh, and and it was Rick Perry. Uh, Ed says that he loves his DK Pittsburgh Sports subscription. It's the best in sports. That's pretty nice, Ed. Uh, If anybody's watching this and isn't subscribed, and you think it's overpriced for whatever reason, do me a favor. When this is done, shoot me a note. I don't care how. Facebook, DM me on Twitter, whatever it is, and we'll take care of you. The last thing I ever want to hear from somebody is that they're afraid to come in uh, and sign up for the site because the price is is too much. The cost of a full year is $39.99. That's the regular cost. I Believe me, I will work with you. We want you in. We believe that once you're in, you're going to stay in. Jamie Williams asks, Steelers draft pick. "Um, If you're asking a preference or a prediction, I can't tell. My preference is Travis Etienne. I would love to see a running back be able to come out of the backfield, catch passes, and then erupt. I, I think that's something that would put the Steelers offense in such a different place from where they've been the last couple of years. In fact, I think it would even be different than when when, when Lev was here because Lev, he was spectacular, obviously, as, as a two-way threat. But Lev wasn't that guy who, when he catches the ball in space, was going to take off for a touchdown. Uh, Lev went a full season with the Steelers without a single play longer than 40 yards. Again, I'm not knocking him. He was tremendous with the Steelers. But ATN gets the ball. If you've seen the film of him, and just pew, he is gone. Uh, that is that's something else entirely here. Billy concurs. ATN would be a great pick. Jeremy asks DK: Is there any chance we see Nick Gonzalez at second base this year? Maybe a September call-up? Wow, I, I hope not. I mean, you don't you don't want to start doing that stuff. Remember one thing that's going to. That, that, that's going to hold true is that you still want the six best years of a young player's career. Okay. You don't want them to have to learn on the job in Pittsburgh. Um, there's always a balance that you have to strike there because you don't want to hold them back either. Neil Huntington and Kyle Stark did that a lot with the previous regime. They held Josh Bell down for crazy long period of time they've done it what they did it with others. Charrington has told me that he has no intention of doing that when a guy is legit ready to be in the majors uh, he'll be up and he kind of proved that last year although under weird circumstances by having Blake Cedarland up although there was again weird circumstances with the Altoona satellite camp and limited bodies and so forth but Cedarland came up and Cedarland had never pitched above double A these are not normal moves. Uh, You do want to see these kids come up. But be careful about the mindset that, well, he's better than the guy we have. Can't do that. Can't do that. You have to do what's right by the player for the team. You want, ideally, the six best years or six of the best years of his career. Did Kevin Colbert – oh, Jeff asks, did Kevin Colbert – just discover voidable years in contracts seems bud could have gotten done um i don't know about that you'd have to assume that bud would accept such a thing remember that in in bud's deal which was 5 years and 85 million i want to say bud got 35 guaranteed you you can't get that in voidable years i mean there's no guaranteed money in those that's the whole point of those things so could you have gotten bud done you couldn't You couldn't, not with voidables. Because even if you decided to, let's say, franchise tag Bud, which is the only way you were going to keep him for a single year, you couldn't do that in voidable years. That's pretty much just the equivalent of of straight cash. Randy asks, will the Steelers sign a starting center in free agency? This is going to be the hardest question I'm asked today. uh, Because I really don't know. I don't get the sense for that. There there might be a feeling within South Water Street that BJ Finney can handle the position, that he's the starter. And if you think about the fact that they've signed not one but two guys for the position, it looks that much more logical, meaning that J.C. Hassenauer was signed to a one-year deal just before that. So you have two guys who can play the position. BJ's... Never done center on a full-time basis. He's good at what he does. He's clever. He's smart. He's a little bit, um, what's a nice way to put this? Let's just say he's crafty on the offensive line. Uh, He knows how to get things done that might or might not be within the rules. But is that sustainable? over the course of a, of a full 17-game schedule, uh, I, I really don't know. Uh, T. Pykosh asks, if I heard any rumors that the Penguins are trying to get Getzlaff? I've heard no, nothing related who the Penguins are trying to pursue. Uh, but Getzlaff is not going to be on that list. I mean, you know what his cap hit is? I mean, the Penguins would have to clear two, three players out to make room for him, and that's absolutely not going to happen. This will not be a fun NHL trade deadline for the hockey fans who live for this sort of thing. Uh, Not in Pittsburgh. It's just not going to be like that. They are going to look to find a way to fortify the bottom six forwards. In all likelihood, they're going to do that by utilizing the glut and it's that's the right word for it of left-handed defenseman. That could mean Marcus Pedersen. It could mean Yusso Ricola. To me, Pedersen is the more likely target because he has a three to four million dollar cap hit for a while, and you have to move cap hit out in order to take cap hit back. Which again is why you're not able to go after a Getzlaf type. Let me take a sip of the coffee here to keep going. David asks, once Big Ben retires, will Steelers fans be waiting for a franchise quarterback for decades again like we did between 1983 and 2004? We never forget things in Pittsburgh, do we? We we remain stung by them forever and ever and ever. Look, other teams lose franchise quarterbacks, and then they get other quarterbacks, and then they're okay. There are ways to get one. The Steelers' biggest mistake between 1983 and 2004 is that they never fully committed themselves to prioritizing that. Okay, and I can remember this. Uh, You never saw them make some big, bold move in the draft. You never saw them. I'm trying to think now, just flying off the top of my head, and again, this is where anybody can feel free to come in and help, but was there even... A first round pick, you know, out of that group. I don't believe Cordell was a first rounder. Was Neil was Neil O'Donnell? No, he wasn't coming out of Maryland. He wasn't a first rounder. Uh, was Bubby Brister a first rounder? I don't think so. Somebody help me out here. I mean, again, I'm 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 flying here live, but I don't recall that the Steelers made any great push to get one. And to my mind, one thing that you've always been able to do. If you're the Steelers, once Ben is gone, is just say, you know what? I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to move up in the draft like I did for Devin Bush, like I did for Troy Palomalu, and I'm going to get the quarterback that I want. And if you look across the scope of college football, you're going to find someone. Yeah, Jeff points out Dan Marino could have been. Yes, that is correct. Dan Marino could have been that. I just don't know that it was ever something where the Steelers said, well, "We stop everything, we need to get a quarterback. Instead, they had these guys, these Mark Malones and so forth, and they just said, ah, whatever, that's our guy. It's not so it's some automatic curse the moment your franchise quarterback leaves. Andrew asks, as soon as a, a center gets healthy, he's referring to the Penguins. Or we get another by trade. Does Goudreau stay instead of Jankowski? Uh, This microphone can't handle the volume of the yes that I'd like to shout back to you. So I'm going to say it very calmly and very simply. Yes. Let us see the end of Mark Jankowski once and for all. I'm not going to go overboard with Freddie Goudreau. Okay, he made a really nice play against the Buffalo Sabres last night. He had a really nice rush in the previous game. Freddie has offensive skills He had them throughout his Time in the Quebec Junior League He had them in his uh, Brief NHL run previously with Nashville but in Order to really really fit In the bottom six on this team He's going to have to illustrate Significant Two-way skill he's going to have to be Like Teddy Bluger And I, I don't know that I don't know that that's there. Mike Hamilton jumps in to say that Mark Malone was the 28th pick in the first round, 1980. See, that's what I mean. So Malone comes in, he's already in the fold, and you just say he's our guy, you know? But I don't remember at any point, because the question was between 83 and and, and and 2004, I don't remember the Steelers making some massive push, like we've got to go get ourselves a franchise quarterback, Bill says, Freddie looked good, meaning goodrow but I like him on the PK. Billy jumps in. Mark Malone was the last first-round quarterback the Steelers picked pre-Ben. Matt says, Malone was a first-round pick, but that's it. See? So, so what am I talking about here? Tim asks, will we hear any news on a potential Mason Rudolph extension, even two or so years? No, you don't do contracts until you have to do contracts. And boy, is that ever the Steelers philosophy. Mason Rudolph is signed through 2021. The last thing you would do in a a cap crunch is go and commit any of that money, which you'd have to, by the way, in the form of some signing bonus to your backup quarterback. So they'll let Mason do his thing, see how he handles 2021. Maybe Ben gets hurt. Maybe Mason actually has to step up, at which point he'll show you whether or not he can be your long-term quarterback. You don't have to make that decision now. Bill asks, when will Zach Aston Reese move to the power play or at least to the second unit? It's worth considering, Bill. Yeah, I know that. There's been some strange decisions on PP2, haven't there, this year? And I'm not just saying that because Jankowski got onto the unit for a while. And Jankowski, even though he plays really small, is a big guy, six foot four. And they had him in front of the net at some point. He has no discernible net front skills that I've seen. Whereas uh, Zach does. The problem is with with Zach is that you also have to be able to do other things when you're on a power play. I haven't seen in his time with a Penguins great distribution for him. I haven't seen great puck retrieval. And and you do need to have. Those things to be out there, to be a regular out there. ZD says, do you have any uh, indication if Jason Zucker will be back for the playoff push or is this the team for this year? Wow, this is definitely not the team for this year. <laughs> They're missing half their forward, ZD. Uh, Zucker is skating again. He's been skating for the past four or five days, uh, initially on his own, and then with Ty Hennis, the, the, the skills coach who, who works with guys that are hurt. Uh, the Penguins sound encouraged about Zucker. And the fact that he's on his feet, and if you'll recall, he had a, it was an ankle injury. They say lower body, but you're looking right at it. You saw that it was an ankle injury. He had an ankle injury. And the fact that he's skating obviously comes with good significance. I mean, there's still quite a while between now and the playoffs. You're going to have your full team back you know, presuming that there's no other injuries. We're kind of running out of time. I'm going to try to take a couple more here and balance these out a little bit, see if I can find some baseball scrolling up the list, because it feels like we've been a little low on Pirates. The Pirates are 12-10-1, and people. I know, wins and losses don't matter in spring training. They actually don't, but they've played well. They've hit really well, which I don't think is sustainable, but they've also pitched well, which I think has a chance to be sustainable, I'm sliding up here. I'm still looking for baseball people. Give me some baseball. Oh, here's one. Harley asks Who will be the early closer? Um, that's not easy because Charing. I'm not sure, I asked Shelton about this when I was in Bradenton three weeks ago. And His response was no, meaning he has no answer. Uh, Since then, nothing's really crystallized. Uh, Kyle Crick has pitched better. His velocity is back up to where it was pre-2020 levels, which is encouraging. He's also kept people off of his slider, which is way more encouraging. But Richard Rodriguez is likely the guy. Uh, Richard closed last year through the final three, three and a half weeks. Of the season. And remember that that was half of that season and he did pretty well. Uh, the pirates were really happy with him, but there's a big, big difference between doing it in front of no humans at all and doing it the way he'd have to be doing it now. Uh, CJ asks about the pirates batting order. Uh, again, you give me these ones that th- these are tough when you're live and you're just sitting here staring into a camera. I mean, these, this, these are easier when you're writing. Um, Fraser will lead off. I think you're going to see Newman up there, certainly with the way he's hitting. Brian Hayes, Colin Moran, uh, Gregory Polanco. If he can, you know, if he can continue to show the good signs that he is with his solid contact through spring training, could be a five. Or maybe you maybe you drop him a little bit. Uh, then you have Jacob Stallings what am i missing here 7 and 8 Anthony Alford and i skipped right past Reynolds didn't i see what i mean this is why this is hard you can't do it like this Brian Reynolds will probably bat second or third you know if not he'll be like in the five range or something like that but as you can tell it's it's not it's you know that has, that's a lineup that can do something i mean the you know Anthony here says Kevin Newman has been very impressive. (laughs) Yeah, he's hitting 727. (laughs) Newman went into yesterday's game against Atlanta with a 700 average, and he actually raised it 27 points by going two for two. Uh, That's that's really something here. All right, last one today goes to uh, Mike Hamilton who asks, Actually, he wasn't asking me a question. He's sharing something with somebody else here. Mike Mike Everett gets today's last question. It is pirates. Do you think Todd Frazier will take over first base from Colin Moran at some point? No, absolutely not. I, I think you're going to see close to an honest platoon over there. Uh, Moran has at times in his career done okay against lefties. It, but it goes to, when I say career, I'm talking about like lifetime. But it goes to earlier on um, in the minors where he's hit lefties, but he also played in high-altitude leagues. Uh, I think you're going to see, at this point, you're going to see Moran and Frazier both protected, and I think you're going to see pop out of that position. Uh, it's not going to be Josh Bell's 37 home runs from 2019, but I do think you can see these guys combine for 25. Uh, I don't think that's asking a lot of either guy. Uh, certainly not the way they've they've both looked Uh, In spring training, you know, CJ says great show. Thanks. I appreciate that. That's that's nice. The reason it's a great show is because the questions are good. That's that's not BS. Uh, This is this is this is great feedback from everybody. Um, Really appreciate this. This will go on to our podcasting stream. And we will be back to do another one of these tomorrow. 130. I'm heading tonight to PPG Paints Arena to cover Penguins versus Sabres. Part Duh. Thanks for watching.